Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God, for your presence. Thank you for your touch, Lord. Thank you for being here with us right now, Lord. Thank you, God, that you chose, God, today to, to minister with your presence and, and leave the thrones of heaven and inhabit our praises. Thank you for it, Father. Thank you for your sweet spirit. Lord, I pray that miracles are happening now. We've chosen to come together, God, in one mind and one accord to lift you up and to magnify your holy name. We love you and we honor you, sir, for all you've done. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah and hallelujah. Amen and amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. I could have just stayed right there, I've been right there the rest of the day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Today I want to talk to you about chiseled and transformed. Chiseled and transformed. And I believe I got a great word for you today that God would have for you today here in this house and also on, on Facebook Live that, that God would really bless you in a powerful way today and that you would be transformed, transformed um, and allow God to chisel in your life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17, the New Living Translation says, um, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Hallelujah. How many people can say thank you, God, for a new life? Amen. The old life is gone. The old life has passed away. When you accept Christ in your life, you are no longer who you used to be. You shed that old man's clothes and you step, you step into a new life. And you are transformed at that moment. And that's the greatest transformation that you can have. But today I want to talk about the second transformation. And that's from being that new creature to transforming into what God would have you be that what God would have you be. And for that to happen, there needs to be a change or transformation, right? To the word change means to replace, to become different, to revolutionize, or undergo transformation. And transformation means a thorough or dramatic change in form or appearance. I believe today, just a few minutes ago, that this atmos the atmosphere changed. The atmosphere transformed from just a regular atmosphere of us getting together and being together and being friends and family to an intimate place, the throne room of Christ, the throne room of God to where, where the, the, the kabod, the heavy weightedness of God is here with us. And I believe it's just settling here on us right now. And I, I still feel his sweet spirit. Would you just, just take a second and, and just give God some praise in your own way? Lord, I just thank you for your presence, God. I thank you, Holy Spirit. I worship you, God. Thank you, Father, that you've changed the atmosphere by your very presence. That by, by you just showing up in places, things change. Things are transformed, God, by you just showing up. And things can transform in our life by you showing up, Father. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 For transformation to happen, there has to be a struggle. Sometimes people say they're on a struggle bus, you know, or I'm, on, I'm going through a struggle, you know, and that struggle a lot of times is, 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 is uncomfortable, but that struggle is what it takes sometimes to make something great happen in your life. You know, there's a difference between the struggling and giving up. God don't mind us struggling through situations. He don't mind when, we, when we're a little get caught up and we're, we're struggling, trying to maintain, trying to stand, trying to do what God's called us to do. He just doesn't want us to give up. He wants us to be like, like the little, 
the caterpillar inside the cocoon that turns into a butterfly. If you, if you see the transformation videos, you'll see in there, it's like somebody's in, in there kind of punching the sides, and you see it trying to transform. And in that cocoon, there's, there's a transformation that happens, and the butterfly comes out. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But I want you to know today that the cocoon that you need to be in for transformation to happen is, is in the Spirit of God. As you are in the cocoon of the Holy Spirit, in, 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 the, in the cocoon of God, in His presence, then things can happen and things can change and transform in your life. Some people say, well, I don't need to change. I'm okay and I'm fine. Those people are people, are people who need the change the most because they are saying they don't need the change. Because we're no, nobody, nobody has ever transformed into what God wants us to ultimately be until we get to heaven one day. You know, and, and some people are blinded that they, don't, that they don't even see their own weaknesses and they think they're okay. But we can look around in society and see that there's a lot of problems in our world. There are three million crimes on every school campus every year. Six in, teen, six in ten high school teenagers in high school are sexually active, 60%. One in four of them get STDs every year. There, there are 50 gang members or 1.4 million people in gangs. One in eight adults is an alcoholic. It kills six people every day. And 76% of those people that are, 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 um, are adults aged 35 to 64. So we can't always say that generation, them kids. Sometimes it's us. The divorce rate amongst Christians and non-Christians is right at 50%. And if you get married a second time, the divorce rate is at 60%. And if you get married a third time, there's only a 73% chance of divorce. So you have, you've only got, you've got about a 27% chance of making it after the third. So after the fourth one, they don't even have a statistic for that. You're just done, son. They just, best of luck to you. <laughs> 24 people a minute are, are victims of rape. One in four women um, are, um, and one in seven men. One in four women and one in seven men have received some kind of physical severe violence by an intimate partner, not, not a stranger, an intimate partner. So it's, it's, it's rampant. Seven in ten girls don't feel good enough or feel like they measure up. Seventy-five percent of girls with low self-esteem are invi involved in eating disorders, being bullied, cutting, drinking, smoking, um, drugs. And three out of four women have low self-esteem. So you can see today that, that we are in a crisis and there needs to be some transformation in our lives because we go to all these other things and other avenues and other medications and other, 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 other systems and other ways of trying to cope with who, who we aren't rather than saying, God, teach me and transform me into who I am. Proverbs 14 and 12 says, There is a path before each person that seems right, but in the end is death. See, a lot of us, we try to handle it our own way. and We're like, well, this is the right way. We're not really seeking God about it. This is the way I should be. This is what I should do. But we, we know that, but we end up finding out that that's, that's the road to destruction because it's not the road that God had us to come on. You know, people, people, some people feel like they don't need change because, you know, they just say, I don't, I don't feel like I need a change. And then some people feel like they don't, they don't need to change because they tried change and it didn't work. But I'm here to tell you today, nobody with, with God, nobody that tries change, it doesn't work. It always works. If you try with God, if, if it didn't work, you didn't really try. I tell people, don't give it a little, you know, a, a halfway try and then come back and say, well, God didn't do what you said he would do. 
You've got to totally commit to him and say, God, I commit to you, I surrender. And you've got to stay committed to him and do, do what he asks you to do. And you know, then you'll find out that it does work. Because with God, there is no not work. And some people, some people are waiting for somebody else to change the reason they don't change. You can't wait on somebody else to change before you change. Some people are waiting on a spouse or a friend or somebody else. You, listen here, you can't wait on them. God may come back before, before that day arrives, before somebody else changes. You're responsible only for yourself, not for nobody else. In order to get, in order to get change, you've got to see that change is possible. You have to be able to go ahead and see that, you know what, it can change. Things can be different. Psalms 33 and 11 says, The counsel of the Lord stands forever, the plans of his heart to all generations. God has plans for, for every one of us. Jeremiah 29 11. Um, for, for he knows the plans for us. For all Everybody has a plan. Everybody in here, everybody in the world, he has a plan for them. But for, for, there, for there to be a transformation, there's things that have to change first. First, if you want transformation, you have to change your, um, our lives. We have to turn to Christ. We have to, to accept Christ as our Lord and Savior. God, he's not going to transform you into what he wants you to be without you being saved. So the first step is being saved, asking Christ in your life and asking him, turning to Jesus and saying, God, I want to be saved. And then after you're saved, you have to say, God, I want to be transformed. I've been transformed into your likeness. I've been transformed into, into the new creature. Now I want to be transformed into what you have for me to be. The second thing we need to, we need to change is we need to change our plans. Not my will, but your will be done, Lord. We've got to quit, quit, quit saying, God, because we have our plans. We, like I said a while ago, that scripture I read, we all have, think what, what is right, but, but it's not always right in God's eyes. It's not always the right path that God wants us to. We've got to change our plans and say, God, your will be done, not mine. We have to change our attitude towards some things if we want to be transformed. We have to change our attitude towards God. We've got to understand that he is the only answer. He's the way, the truth, and the life. No man coming through the Father but through him. And, and that, that, that we need to understand that he's the only way. And that I can't, I, there's not another way but through God to be transformed. We can't transform ourselves. Somebody else can't transform you, a friend, a family member, a spiritual parent. No, nobody can. You have to be transformed because you desire to be and you have to be there with God. And you have to change, change that. You have to also change your, your life. You have to change and understand that in your life, you have to change the fact that, that, that um, I'm sorry. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't tell you what, what we're changing there. In the first, our plans. The, second thing, the third thing you've got to change is your attitude. Your attitude towards um, God and then attitude towards your life. That, that it's not short term. That you've got to look at your life, your little 60, 70, 80, 120 years that we live here on earth is so minuscule compared to the eternity that God has for us today. And so we have to change our life and realize that it's not short term. That, that we can win, that we can and we will win if we stay in Christ. And then we've got to change ourselves. We've got to change the way that we look at ourselves. You've got to understand that for that transformation, that you deserve that transformation. That you are worthy of that transformation. That you deserve that transformation. That you are loved good enough to be that transformation. And that you can be transformed. So many times we look down on ourselves and, and look weak that we don't, well, you know, God's got more for me, but I just don't think I deserve it. I don't think I can do it. I don't think it's good enough for me. I don't think I'm good enough. And we got to understand that God loves us and you are valued and God cares about you and you deserve that transformation to be what God wants you to be. And then you got to look different at churches, that churches aren't the same and that, that when we come here to church, that we're not coming here just to have a little powwow, a little social group. Now we are family and we love one another. 
But when we come to church, we come here to get pumped up, fired up, and, and excited for Jesus to go back into the world and bring them back in. Now, we do get, we do get our, our salvation here. We do get healed here and miracles happening here with us. But the, but the purpose of this right here is for souls, for us to go out and get souls and bring them back in here for us to disciple. And then, then we have to change our decisions, the choices that we make. If we're going to change and be transformed into something else, we've got to go ahead and start make, making choices that supplement what we're supposed to be. Not fleshly decisions, not fleshly choices, but spiritual choices. We also need to change our conversation. If we're going to do that, we need to change our conversations with ourselves and with others. We need to change our conversations with ourselves, talking about who we are. We've got to say, you know what? I am good enough to, to, to trans. I am, I, am, I am God's masterpiece. God does love me. God does care about me. I can do this. You know, there, there, there's nothing too hard for God, and he can make me what, and I can, I can transform. I can change, no matter your age. And then also with others as well. Change, change your, your conversation with others and start speaking life into them. We have to change our relationships and get rid of the negative relationships and the abusive relationships and get rid of the, those people who don't value you and say, you know what, you're not going to value me. i I'm, I got to transform, and I'm, and I'm going to transform whether you want me to or not. So therefore, if you're not going to transform with me, then, I, then I just can't, I can't be that tight with you. I love you and I'll be here for you, but I can't be there because i got to make a change. We can't become what we need to be by staying the way we are. Let me say that again. You can't become what God's called you to be by staying the way you are. Proverbs 13 and 18. If you ignore criticism, you will in the end be in poverty and disgrace. If you accept correction, you'll be honored. So many times, you know, I, I, I talk to people and they, they come and they ask for help and they ask for the direction. And, and I feel like God gives strength and, and speaks through me. And, and they're like, well, I, I don't know about that. What, what, then why are you asking me what I feel like God is saying if, you, if you're not going to listen to what I say? And then when you go away and what you're doing don't work, then you want to come back and say, tell me that again. So, so people, we need to understand that we need to be able to, to accept crit constructive criticism, godly criticism. You know, just criticism isn't good. That, that hurts and destroys. But godly criticism, godly love, so you can be honored and you can say, you know what, here's the things that need to change. Change, change and transformation does not happen by accident. If you're going to transform into what God wants you to be, it's going to be on purpose. It's going to be intentional. It requires, it requires commitment and discipline. And if you're going to change, you've got to put away childish things. When I was a child, as I spoke as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. And we got to put away, well, what kind of childish things are you talking about if I'm going to transform? Well, if you're going to transform, you can't do things that children do. do. For instance, you know, the, you, children have to have it their way. I want it my way, when I want it, how I want it. Little kids, you know, just right now, if I'm hungry, I want food now. I don't want to wait until summertime, whatever it is. You know, I want it my way. We can't have it my way with God. we got to have it His way. He's not Burger King. He's the King of Kings. Okay, and we can't, kids whine all the time about stuff when they don't like it. They don't agree with it. You know, they don't even say nothing. They just growl. You know, so we can't, we, we can't whine with Jesus. We've got to understand, I'm in a struggle. Yes, I'm in a struggle. But this is making me stronger, and I'm transforming in what I want to be. And I'm, I'm, making, I'm, I'm becoming what God asked me to be. We can't be selfish like kids. Mine, 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 mine. That's something they just already, it's already in their DNA. They're, they're born into sin and they know mine, mine. We can't be that way. We got to say, God, yours, yours. Everything I have is yours. I'm not going to keep nothing. It's all yours. 
And then also we need to learn to feed ourselves. Kids, kids expect someone else to feed them all the time. You know, and we got to understand that, that whenever you come, yes, this is, this is great on Sundays, but you can't expect this to be the only meal that you eat. If you leave here Sunday and you go out, out to, to Cracker Brown and you eat, a, I don't go to Casey's and get a big buffet till you throw up. That's not going to last you all week long. I don't care how good it is, how wonderful it made you dance and shout, it, but if, 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 if you, after it's over, <coughs> you have to eat more. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> So you have, to, you have to eat during the week. You have to find a podcast. You have to get into the Word of God yourself and eat a little bit. You have to get some devotions in the morning times and eat a little bit. you got to find some other food throughout the week and quit expecting the pastor or the church to feed you all the time. We have to believe that, that change is possible. And, that, that and you got to decide to change. If, if you're an addict, what do they say? The first thing you got to do is realize and admit that, hey, i got a problem. So you got to realize, hey, when you're in transformation with Christ, it's not that you got a problem because you're already saved. But you're saying, hey, I'm not what I'm supposed to be yet, so I want to be that. So i got to understand that, that I believe I can change, and then I decide that I want to change and be transformed. Um, prepare, prepare for temporary discomfort. And whenever you change, there's going to be some obstacles. There's going to be some discomfort. There's going to be some things that you go through that's not going to be all hunky-dory and peaches and creams and, you know, and skittles and rainbows. And you've got to understand that it's going to be discomfort, and sometimes it's, not, it's going to be a little hard. But you've got to go ahead and stay there and say, you know what? Transformation hurts, but transformation is beautiful. And I can become that butterfly that God wants me to have, and I can fly high. Um, you got to develop your change. you got to find a mentor. Find someone that can help you during this transformation to help you know the process and know what's going on, what, how it's happening, and someone that can continue to mentor you through this process and eliminate negative influences. See, we must be transformed or transfigured from the inside out. Um, Romans 12 and 2 in the New Living Translation says, Don't copy the behaviors or customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed, be, be transformed by the renewing of your mind, the King James says. So, it says to be transformed into a new person by changing the way you think. The key to transformation is it right here. Okay? like That's why I talked a while ago a little bit about self-worth and self-value. If you don't believe you can change, you won't change. If you don't believe you deserve change, you won't change. It's all right here. You have to be um, changed by the renewing of your mind and understand, I, I, I know I can change. I believe I can change. I can read the Word, and I can change. It says, then you will know God's will for you, which is good, pleasing, and perfect. And you won't have the stinking thinking that we have right now. So, and, and, and the, that word transformed, or transfigured in 12 and 2, it comes from the English word metamorphosis. And you know what metamorphosis is back in 7th grade, whenever you looked at the little caterpillar turning into a, a butterfly or a tadpole turning into a frog. There's a process for that to happen, and, you know, and, 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 and it was, it's transformed or transfigured, you know, and, and there's, there's something there inside it, and you don't see what's inside it right now, but you will eventually. See, in Mark chapter 9, verses nine verse 3, chapter 9, verse 3, Jesus was transfigured, it said. It says, um, Jesus appeared and was transformed in his clothes, becoming dazzling white, far whiter than any bleach could ever make them. He, he, it's kind of like the veil was pulled back, the curtains was pulled back, and, you, and, and Peter, James, and Paul, they got, Peter, James, and John, they, they got to actually see the Spirit of God. 
it's like they got to see who he really was. They got to see the Son of God. They didn't see, they saw Jesus, but they saw the Spirit of Jesus. It was revealed to them from the inside out, transfigured, what, 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 what he's really going to become here soon and what he really was before he came. And that's what we want is transfiguration in our lives. They saw the real Jesus. And, and the, the caterpillar, he enters the, the cocoon and becomes a butterfly, but it does not change his nature. Now, here it is right here. Stop, pause, Selah, S-E-L-A-H, like it says in, 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 the, uh, in, in uh, Psalms. If you don't know what that means, every once in a while you'll read Psalms, and it'll say Selah, S-E-L-A-H. And it means pause, stop, think, meditate. Okay? So let's think about what I'm about to say right here. This is really important. If you don't get nothing else, remember this. Metamorphosis reveals what was always there in the genes of the caterpillar. A, a, a caterpillar can't fly, but it was born to fly. See what I'm saying? So metamorphosis just takes what is already in there and changes it to what it's supposed to be. That's transformation. And so what I'm talking about today is it's already in you right now. It's, let me just show you a picture. You, you look at this, you look at this, you look at this uh, caterpillar up there. It, you don't, it's kind of it's like a chunky monkey, and it's kind of like got little, little tentacles, kind of crazy. It's, it's pretty, but you're like, you look at that, and there's no way you would think that would fly. There's just no way. You know, but then you look at this butterfly, and you're like, oh, that's gorgeous. And you know it's like, but in that caterpillar is that butterfly. That's so amazing. You would never think that. But people are looking at you, and they don't never think what you're going to become. They don't see what, what God sees. God looks at that caterpillar, and he sees that butterfly. God looks at you, and he sees a man, a woman, a God. He sees someone that is righteous and victorious and a winner. You might look like a loser right now, but God sees a winner in you. You might look like a failure right now and feel like a failure, but God sees a victory in you. He sees a warrior in you. And you don't have to stay that, that caterpillar. When, when and so many people do. They're, sat, they're saved. They're satisfied with a caterpillar. Just going along a little bit. Just putting along. Just a little, little inch at a time. But God's like, man, why would you, why would you do that? It, it's, it's just a process. And yes, there's a little struggle. There's a little pain, a little, little, little struggle bus you go on in there. But the thing is, but after you're finished, the transformation is so much more wonderful. And it's not that hard. And it's, it doesn't cost you a lot. So why would you not upgrade? Why would you not get a fast pass? So you ain't got to walk so slow like the caterpillar. Um, so... John, in 1 John chapter 3 and 2, it says, dear, dear friends, we are already God's children. You're already saved. But he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. That's talking about the future. Whenever to catch it away, we, church calls it the rapture. The rapture is not in the Bible, but it says to be called away. Once we're called away from here in this earth and we go into heaven to meet God and Jesus in the air, our bodies will be transformed into a glorified body. And it says that we don't yet know what, what it's going to be like, but when Christ appears, we will be like him. We will be transformed into a glory, glorious, um, glorified body like he is. And we will be able to do that. There's, there's a three parts to the transformation and metamorphosis. And the first part in, in, in a spiritual metamorphosis is that we are transformed from sin into a new creation. And then from new creation into what God wants us to be, the butterfly. And then from the butterfly or, or what he wants us to be, what he's called us to be, into our glorified bodies. And that's finishing it. That, that's one day, one day what we're actually going to be. That, that's the ultimate. You're never finished until you're, until you're there, until you're there to the very end. 
Um, Romans um, 8, 29 says, says, God has determined that we will all be like him. Because it says, pre, we were predestined to be conformed to the image of the Son. And on that day, on that catching away, we will all be conformed to the image of Jesus. You know, there's a, there's a story. In, in 1464, that was a long time ago, 600, over 600 years ago. 1464, a sculptor named um, Agostino di Duccio. D-U-C-C-I-O. I hope I, I didn't butcher that too bad. But he began working on a big, huge piece of marble. And he worked on it for a couple years, and, and he, he was going to make it into an old prophet, um, Old Testament prophet in the cathedral in Florence, Italy. And he worked on it in and, and about two years, and he gave up on it. And then in 1476, about 12, 13 years later, Antonio Russolino um, started it, and he started working on it. And he also abandoned it. And then in 1501, about 25 years later, or 26 years later, a 26-year-old sculptor named Michelangelo was offered a considerable sum to produce something that was worthwhile for the enormous block of marble. But see, everybody else had problems with it, including Leonardo da Vinci, because of the fact that it had a big flaw in the marble. And everybody's like, well, I could figure out how to do the rest of it, but I don't know what to do with that flaw in that marble and and then but eventually he continued to work on it and didn't stop he said you know what i'll do is i'll make that 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 little flaw i'll make it a stump for the right leg to stand on and now it is the statue incomparable statue of david the old testament david and it's 17 foot tall and it's in the um academia gallery in florence italy today and so let me, and someone asked him, you know, everybody else has so much problems with that marble. Everybody else saw that big flaw right there, so big, and it was just standing out. And everybody was like, how did you, how did you come up with David with, and decide to make what you could see through that the stump? Here's what he said. In every block of marble, I see a statue as plain as though it stood before me, shaped and perfect in attitude and action. And I have only uh, uh, to hew away the rough walls that imprison the lovely apparition to reveal it to the other's eyes as, as mine seen it. Okay, that's kind of King James to me. So let me, let me tell you what it says in, in the passage Doug language. I cut away everything that don't look like David. Okay, whatever don't look like what I see in my mind, I cut it all away and I, I create that. And that's what God looks. God looks at us. And we see this big old flaw in our life. We see that big old thorn. We see that big, God's like, I can make something out of that. Don't worry about it. I see the finished product. I see what you're going to be. I can, I can use that for, for my glory. I can use that to benefit you. Everybody else looks at it and says, look at that flaw in their life. Look at what they're going through. Look at that, that, that issue they have. And everybody's trying to work around that, trying to figure out how to navigate that. But God's like, listen, you don't worry about that, honey. I got you. And I'm going to fix this. And I'm going to help you. We're all in a work of progress. We're all, he, what's the little song that little, the little kids used to sing in, in, in kinder church? He's still working on me. <laughs> He's working on me. He made the moon and the stars, Mercury and Mars, something. He's working on me. So, <clears throat> we're all under construction. <clears throat> but, if, <clears throat> excuse me, if you concentrate on your weakness, you will lose your confidence. But if you concentrate on God's faithfulness, you will gain confidence. See, I feel like I am a sculpture, a big piece of clay, a big, a big marble here myself. And I just know that, that God sees uh, you know, all the flaws in me. And, I, and I, matter of fact, I point them out to him. 
I point them out to God. God, I got these flaws, God. He's like, I, I see them. But God, I, how about this big flaw right here? <laughs> how about this big flaw right here, God? You know? You know, God, I, I, these, look at this flaw. God, look at this flaw. God, look at this flaw, God. You know, look at these flaws. He's like, you don't, don't quit worrying about all your flaws. I see a masterpiece. And when I get finished with you, you'll be transformed into everything I've always wanted you to be. If you'll quit pre-thinking about what you think you're supposed to look like and let me go ahead and put you on the wheel and spin you around and chip off and chisel off what I need, then you'll be okay. And I feel like one day God finally says, okay, I fixed this part, Doug. I fixed this part. That part looks pretty good. Let me start working on this right here. He starts working on this, and then he looks back. He's like, oh, you've done jacked that up already. You've already messed it up already. I just got finished fixing it. Well, okay. Patience. God has patience. Even when we mess up what he's, what he's already done, he decides, you know what, I can do it. I can still fix it. It's still fine. It's okay. I'm my own worst enemy. I'm the one that sees the flaws. I look in the mirror and, and see the flaws in my life. Nobody has to tell me, and I know you feel the same way. Romans 12 and 2 tells us about the spiritual metamorphosis. But the thing is, is it does not happen by accident. It doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't happen without the Holy Spirit helping us. And it doesn't, it doesn't happen without personal commitment and discipline. See, I'm at the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte, North Carolina. Ruth Graham is buried there. And under her, on her uh, tombstone, it says, End of construction. Thank you for your patience. And, say, and it, so each one of us are under construction. And this transformation is not, no, nobody ever gets to the place where, where they are like, Hey, I'm transformed. Look at me. We, we, that we will never be transformed until Christ comes and puts us in that glorified body. That's the ultimate transformation. But until we get there, we're all in the process. Or until we lay, until we lay in the ground and, and, and we're in an end of construction that God has done. But we're all being, God wants to chisel us from the inside out. But we got to be man enough and woman enough to stand up to God and say, God, I know this is going to hurt. I know my flaws. I want you to do something about it. Would you watch this video? Ephesians 2.10 says that we are God's workmanship, his masterpiece. I don't know about you, but when I get up in the morning and look in the mirror, I don't really see a, a masterpiece, you know? I mean, maybe a Picasso. It's like, <laughs> but I want to be his masterpiece. I want to be everything he created me to be. And so I go to him in prayer and I say, dear Heavenly Father, do whatever it takes to mold me into the image of your son. Make me your masterpiece. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hi. Whoa. Who are you? I'm God, you said the prayer, so here I am. You're not God. No, I am. You said the prayer, that's how it works. Okay, okay. If you're God, then uh, make it snow in here. You know what, I really don't want to make it snow in here because it'd get kind of yucky. Yeah, you're not God. Why do you say that? God wouldn't say yucky. I do, it's a Greek word. Oh. Okay, okay. Um, if you're God, what does Lamentations 15.9 say? Lamentations is only five chapters. It's a very short book. Oh, why was it so short? I was tired of lamenting. Oh, okay, okay. If you're God, who's going to win the World Series this year? I'm really not into playing games. Why are you so much into playing games? You are God. What well, gave it away? You answered my question with a question. I did? <sighs> yeah, I do that. Don't I? I did it again. <laughs> Step right up. Here we go. Okay. All right. Hey, what are we doing? I'm gonna make you my original masterpiece. This is the process. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah. Wait, wait, 
What are these about? These are the tools I'm gonna use to make you into my original masterpiece. Okay. Yeah. Hang on. Yeah. I thought you were a carpenter. That's my son. Step right up, here we go. Okay. Oh, hey God. Mm -hmm. How do you know what to chisel away and what to leave? I take out everything in your life that doesn't belong there, kind of like dead weight. Ooh, speaking of dead weight, could you chisel right here? It showed up when I was in my 20s and grew around and became back fat. I don't even know why you created that, but I can't get rid of it. I mean, I've tried everything. Like, I tried running, I tried lifting weights. My wife actually talked me into trying Pilates. That was awkward, but I can't get rid of it. So if you would just chisel around here, and then, you know what, if you chisel a line right here and maybe four to five, maybe eight lines right here, that would be awesome. <laughs> You're funny. You made me that way. I also made the platypus. The platypus? All I'm saying is most of my children, when it comes to this process, they just want to talk, but they don't want to do the work. So do you want to talk or can I chisel? Talk, chisel, No, talk, no, chisel. no, 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 no. I choose to chisel. All right. Through my Holy Spirit, I'm going to bring up things in your life that I want you to work on. Like your anger. Mm. I created the emotion, but you use it in the wrong way. Um, Compare yourself to others instead of me. You tell little white lies because you want to people please. You're lazy. But you try to fool everybody by looking really, really busy. You have a problem with lust? Well, time out. <laughs> I don't really have a problem with lust. You don't have a problem with lust. No, I can do it anytime I want. Hang on a second. I mean, I, I got to admit, I, mean, I feel like you've been doing some great work and I'm looking pretty good right now. All right, when you look in the mirror, who do you see? I see me. Okay, then I need to keep chiseling away because ultimately you and other people need to see my son. Okay, don't misunderstand me. It's just um, when I look more like Jesus, people get uncomfortable around me. I mean, even my church friends and they're like, oh, you're holier than thou, you know? And, and I, don't, I don't think I'm supposed to make people uncomfortable. So what you're saying is you'd rather play God in certain areas of your life than for me to be God over your whole life. That is not what I said. It's what you meant. Yes, it is. Um, it's hard to talk to you. You know everything that I'm thinking. I'm just saying you've done some great work. Maybe we take a break, a sabbatical from each other, you know. I'll stay right here and then, you That's know. That's just it. You never just stay right there. You're either moving toward me or away from me, but never you just stay. What you're doing is called control. Do you want to control things or life or can I chisel? Control, chisel, control, no, chisel. No, chisel, chisel. All right. But can we chisel where I want? That's called control. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Now this right here, this secret sin that you keep running to whenever you're hurting, angry, lonely, tired, that you think you're fooling everybody, but it's making you a whitewashed tomb. Are you ready for me to chisel this out of your life? Yeah. See, it's a process. It's not a sprint. It's a marathon. It's your whole life. And you care so deeply about what other people think of you. It's rubbish. It's garbage. The greatest thing you're ever going to hear is at the end of your life when you hear me say, well done, good and faithful servant. That's what you keep your eye on. That's the prize. Heavenward. Oh, that hurts. Oh, trust me. This hurts me more than it hurts you. Right. Okay. I'm sorry. I just, I don't think you understand this pain. Pardon me? You're asking me to sacrifice a lot, God. Don't. Talk to me about sacrifice. I know all about sacrifice. I sent my son to die on the cross for pain, for sin, but I also did it for another reason, to give you freedom. 
Do you know what insanity is? Insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results. And there are things that you've been doing for years, these empty wells that don't have anything to offer. You've been going to them and it's insane. Allow me to chisel them out of your life. Allow me to produce character where you keep focusing so much on your image. Okay, but I was thinking. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. Okay, but if we went another way. Your ways are not oh, my ways. Oh, I can't. You can't what? I, I, I can't be good. That's your excuse. That's your excuse is that you can't be good. It's not an excuse. I can't. Oh, my child. In the beginning, I said it was good. I made you good. Be good. Yeah, but you and I both... What? Nothing. No, what is it? Nothing, okay? You wouldn't understand. I, God of all the universe, wouldn't understand something one of my children has to say. Try me. It's just, um, I let you down so many times, God. No, my child. You were never holding me up. I hold you up with my victorious, righteous right hand. Never the other way around. In this relationship, I hold you up. Okay chisel away but just just be prepared for what you're gonna find in there because I know who's inside there because I get up every morning and I look at him in the mirror and I hate who I see because deep inside there this 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 little kid who gets up every morning and dresses like an adult and I go out and I, and I try to do what I'm supposed to do, but I can't, okay? I can't be who everybody else expects me to be. God, I can't even be who I want to be, much less who you created me to be. And so inside is this scared, stupid little kid. But you chisel away. Just be prepared. You have listened to so many voices for far too long that were not from me. And you have totally bought into the lie, haven't you? You think you're junk, don't you? When you lay your head down at night after you've done the dance to get the hug, you think you're junk. Listen to me. I don't take time to make junk. How can I show you that my love for you stretches as far as the east to the west? That How can I show you that my love for you has no end? I know. Reach in your back pocket. What? Reach in your back pocket. Why? Are you arguing with me? Reach in your back pocket. Oh, God. Yes? I just meant, God, I'll do that right now. You're just saying my name in vain. Come on, it's, it's a name, it's a saying. It's a name above all names. It's more than a saying, it's more than a name. I want to teach you something about my name. Reach in your back pocket. Oh my gosh. You know what that is? Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a note. I, I wrote it when I was in college. How did you get this? Hello? Oh, yeah. Go ahead, read it. I love Angie. Other side. Sorry. Dear God, did I hear you right today? Did I hear you say that you love me? Even though you and I both know I've messed up so many times. Did I hear you say 
You want to use me. And I feel so useless. If you'll take me and use me, then God, I give you all that I am. Take me. I love you, God. I love you too. And I love you too much just to leave you where you're at. This salvation that you hold, I don't want it to be some sentimental gush or some head knowledge. I want you to work it out in every detail of your life. And when problems come and chaos happens, don't look at it as a, as a prison, but look at it as a father disciplines his child. A father disciplines the ones he loves. I know, but it's going to be tough. Yes, but you bought into the lie thinking everything was going to be easy when you gave everything over to me. There will be trouble in this world, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. I want you to do something. I want you to look out there and I want you to say, Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Tommy is God's... No, not the way you see yourself or you try so desperately for others to see you, but maybe for the first time in your life, the way I see you, the way I created you. Tommy is God's original masterpiece. Yes, you are. And so are you. God doesn't make junk. You are an original masterpiece. Amen. And each one of you are God's original masterpiece as well. And if you don't notice it, every time you go out that door, on top of the doorway, it says, it says, you are my masterpiece, God. I love, this is my favorite video in the whole world. Would you bow your head and close your eyes?